beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Nine to Thrive, quick health tips for busy lives. I'm Cece, your go-to nutrition nerd, and I'm thrilled you're joining me today. We've got nine action-packed minutes ahead filled with real talk and practical tips to help you heal for good. So whether you're on your commute, taking a quick break, or multitasking like the boss you are, let's dive in and make every minute count. It's time to nerd out. Hey there, let's talk about monocropping. You know, it's that practice where farmers grow the same crop, like corn, year after year on the same plot of land. The idea was to boost our food supply and fight off hunger, which sounds good, right? But here's the kicker. It's actually backfiring big time. We're talking about making global food insecurity worse and even contributing to climate change. Have you ever taken a road trip and seen those endless fields of corn stretching as far as the eye can see? Yeah, well, that's monoculture in action. It's like corn has taken over and claimed the land as its own kingdom where no other crops dare to tread. And that cornfield that you see today, it was also a cornfield last year and the year before that and the year before that. And guess what? It's going to be a cornfield for years to come because these monocultures are so massive. They're the bread and butter of agriculture in industrialized countries, whether it's conventional or organic farming. So you might be wondering, why do we even do this monocropping thing? I mean, take a look at Mother Nature. She's not planting fields of just daisies or just oak trees. Nature loves variety. It's like her signature move. She's the ultimate party planner, inviting all sorts of plants to the bash. Well, farmers initially thought they'd hit the jackpot with monocropping. They were like, hey, we can grow more food this way. Plus, they could focus on the crop that was the cash cow for their specific soil and climate. And it seemed like a win-win. Not to mention, it's simple. For farmers, monocropping was like having a set menu. They knew exactly what they needed, seeds, equipment, fertilizer, and they didn't have to shop around. It was a one-stop shop situation, saving them both time and money, well, at least in the short run. But here's where the plot thickens. Monocropping is basically like putting all your eggs in one fragile basket. Farming is a gamble. You're up against the weather, pests, diseases, you name it. Not every year is going to be a bumper crop year, no matter how much you cross your fingers. In a biodiverse setup, it's like having a diversified stock portfolio. If one crop takes a hit, say stem borers uh, munch through your summer squash, well, your eggplants might still be sitting pretty. Or if hail decides to play whack-a-mole with your corn, your beets could come out unscathed. But in a monocrop field, well, it's like a buffet for pests. Every plant is a clone of its neighbor, making it super easy for a problem to spread like wildfire. There's no buffer, no variety to kind of slow down the, the march of pests or diseases. It's a field day for them, but it's a nightmare for farmers. But hey, it's not just the plants and, and the planet that are taking a hit. Our health is on the line, too. When our plates are filled with factory-farmed meats and processed junk thanks to monocultures of corn and palm oil, we're getting a whole lot of calories but not much else. It's like eating empty promises. Sure, you might be full for now, but you're not nourished. We're talking about a world where malnutrition doesn't just mean hunger, it means being starved of essential nutrients. A 2021 study dropped a bombshell. Around 2 billion people worldwide are dealing with micronutrient deficiencies, and the major culprit is nutrient-poor monocropped staples that are about as diverse as a one-man band. But it gets deeper. Our gut health is taking a nosedive, too. Researchers are finding that as our diets become as monotonous as a broken record, our gut microbiomes are losing their groove. We're talking about a decrease in the diversity of those good little bacteria that help us digest, absorb nutrients, and even fight off diseases. 
once we lose a specific strain of these beneficial microbes, it's kind of like losing a species in the wild. The chances of it coming back are, are pretty slim. But hold up. This is all making our planet more vulnerable to climate change's worst nightmares like wildfires, extreme weather, you name it. A 2020 study in the journal Nature threw some serious shade on monocropping. It revealed that a whopping 40% of our planet's non-icy land that's used for agriculture or tree farms is less resilient to environmental disasters. Well, brace yourselves, because the plot's about to thicken. A 2019 United Nations report dropped a bombshell as well. Monocropping and its BFF pesticide use are now public enemies number one and number two for pollinators. We're talking bees, butterflies, and more. Over a million different species are on the endangered list. And guess what? 16 of the world's 20 fastest-growing crops need these pollinators to thrive. And hold on, there is more. All of those fertilizers and pesticides, well, they're basically giving the soil the nutritional equivalent of junk food. Monocrops keep taking the good stuff out and dumping the bad stuff in, making our soil less diverse, less resilient, and basically less of a superhero for plant health. Which brings us to erosion. Monocropping is kind of like that friend who never refills the chip bowl at a party. Um, it's depleting the soil's organic matter, leading to erosion that's really a nightmare for the soil's bacterial community. And this isn't just bad news for the soil. It's a domino effect that ends up affecting the plants and ultimately us, the people munching on those plants. So by this point, it should be crystal clear. Our food is not what it used to be, my friends. Thanks to monocropping and our love affair with processed foods that last longer on the shelf than most Hollywood marriages, well, we're in a pretty big nutritional crisis. The proof is in the pudding, or should I say, in our hormones. Listen to this. A staggering 80% of women will wrestle with some kind of hormone imbalance during their lifetime. And guess what's the ringleader of this hormonal circus? Well, nutritional deficiencies, which is why a common question among women is now, oh, okay, well, what supplements should I be taking? All right, I'm not saying we should all start popping pills like they're candy. Supplements should be like uh, like that friend who helps you move. They're a, a temporary but invaluable support. They can kind of fill in the nutritional gaps while you work on getting your diet back on track. So let's let's fast forward to that. Let's you know, let's say you're eating clean generally, you're staying away from processed junk, you're basically being a poster child for healthy living. Do you still need to supplement? Uh, well, here I would say it's a maybe with a capital M. Uh, around 30% of women um, who eat well are still running on empty when it comes to key vitamins and minerals. And, and that risk does tend to climb as we age. But how do you know if you're part of the deficiency club? Well, your body has its own SOS signals. There's a whole laundry list of symptoms that could mean you're lacking in the nutrient department. So here are some things that you might want to keep an eye out for. Hair loss, mild cognitive impairment like changes in your memory or concentration, weakness, headaches, low libido, pale and dry skin, red swollen gums, irregular heartbeats, uh, slow wound healing if you cut yourself and it just takes a long time, um, or if you bruise really easily, impaired immune function, mood changes, bone and joint pains, and dry eyes and vision changes. All of these can be chalked up to a nutritional deficiency. And so the National Institutes of Health, or NIH, has a laundry list of vitamins that they recommend that we get daily. 
we're talking about the A team of vitamins here. A, C, D, E, K, and let's not forget the B vitamins. A good multivitamin, though, can be your nutritional safety net. Vitamin D is also kind of a a no-brainer. It's like the VIP of vitamins, especially for your immune system. But beyond that, your supplement game should really be tailored to you. For instance, if you're trying to have a baby and you're dealing with PCOS, there are some go-to supplements that are generally considered safe and effective. So think inositol for better insulin sensitivity, uh, milk thistle for liver detox, vitamin C for menstrual regularity, and uh, folate, of course, to get your body baby ready. Quick sidebar, friends, I am not a doctor, okay? (laughs) So before you go making any big changes, you should have a chat with your primary care physician. Trust me, it's a conversation worth having. All right. One last thing I want to share with you. Navigating the supplement aisle can be like walking through a minefield because they're not regulated. Uh, You could easily end up with a dud that does nothing for your health while emptying your wallet. So how do you pick a winner? You want to look for seals from NSF International, U.S. Pharmacopeia, Underwriters Laboratory, or Consumer Lab. These badges of honor really mean that the supplement has been vetted for quality and safety. I also want to talk about synthetic versus natural. Synthetic vitamins might give you a nutrient or two, but let's be real. Our bodies did not evolve munching on lab-made nutrients. (laughs) So organic, natural vitamins come with extra compounds that just jive better with our digestive systems. So here's how to spot the difference there. Check the label. If it lists food sources or says it's 100% plant or animal-based, you're in the clear. On the flip side, if you see individual nutrients listed like vitamin C or chemical names like ascorbic acid, you're probably looking at a synthetic supplement and best to steer clear of that one. Okay, friends, we've taken a deep dive into the world of monocropping, its impact on our health and the planet, and even navigated the kind of tricky terrain of supplements. It's a lot to digest, I understand, but hopefully the takeaways are clear. Um, Our choices from the food we eat to the supplements that we take have really far-reaching consequences. So let's be mindful and make decisions that not only nourish us, but also protect our beautiful planet. Stay informed, stay healthy, and until next time, take good care. And that's a wrap, beautiful people. Another nine minutes closer to healing for good. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share the love with your friends. Got questions or topics you want me to cover? Just slide into my DMs on Instagram at NutritionNerdCC. Until next time, keep thriving and remember, you've got this.